Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of FilmPulse.net. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 160. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing there, Kevin? Doing alright. This week we're taking a little trip. Uh-oh. Taking a little trip to Italy with reviews of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead's Spring, as well as Eugene Green's La Sapienza, both of which opened <laughs> in limited release this week. Uh, sp- Spring is available on VOD as well, so you can check it out there. Uh, we're also going to be talking about some of what we've been watching, and of course we'll be going over this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, and DVD and Blu-ray releases. Remember, you can send us your questions to podcast at filmpulse.net, or leave us a comment on the site. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go ahead and kick things off with, uh, do you want to start with La Sapienza? We can do that. I just, I love our tandem review this week yeah it's fun times uh, and i got some more i got some more italian fun coming up later oh in the, boy in the what we've been watching section so oh boy I all had, italy i had a oh. yeah i had a very italian week this week or weekend rather it was it was good good stuff oh boy uh so you're working on a review for this film right now so i'll start it off this um as I said, is playing in limited release right now. I think maybe just New York. I think it is. Just I, New I York. think it just came out in New York. So, if you're if you're in the in the area, you could check it out. If not, I'm imagining that it'll be on VOD at some point in the near future. I don't know. It might it might end up just skipping <laughs> VOD. And, we have no idea. Yeah. No. So it's written and directed by Eugene Green. Stars. Uh, for, let me see here. Fabrizio <sighs> Rangioni. Uh, hey, that sounds pretty good. And Christelle Prot. Uh, there's no synopsis on IMDb, but I believe there is one on Letterboxd. Let me pull that up real quick. Uh, the story... The story is one of an architect that has lost his inspiration and goes looking for those motivations that pushed him as a youngster to take up the profession. Inspiring him was the Baroque movement and all its artifices, the Guarini in Turin, in Turin and the uh, Bromini in Rome. The film's central story ends up being the love story <laughs> that develops between the architecture, artistic inspiration, and feelings. That doesn't sound like an official plot synopsis to me. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Not um, at all. All right, so you're working on a review for this. I'll start it off. Uh, it didn't. This movie didn't. F- what What do you think I thought of this movie? Just real, <laughs> real quickly, real quickly. Uh, I imagined you were bored to tears. Uh, I, it started off that way. There was something about this movie that kind of grabbed me towards uh, the latter half, and then it started losing me again towards the end. But the first i don't know maybe 20 minutes or so i was i was really i was fading i wasn't interested in the characters and i think that that's due to the uh the style of this movie and in, in which it was oh so so stilted <laughs> yeah stilted, stilted performance robotic everywhere. i would i would describe it as robotic uh mechanical very very mm-hmm, mechanical mm-hmm. and it's like the uh it's like the uh, the cinematographer 
they had like a blueprint and they were like, okay, then we do this, then we do this, then we do this, then we do this. And then we repeat it over and over and over. Like we're going to have a conversation between these two people, POV shot, POV shot back and yes, forth. It's, oh my goodness. It's, you and, have to keep in mind that this is extremely dialogue heavy. Yeah. It's almost all dialogue, except for, you know, they keep, they take a couple breaks to just to kind of comb over the architecture. And, that, and, and the, that, the, that, the discussions between the people, it's just shot, reverse shot, yeah. shot, reverse shot, and, shot, and, reverse shot. And they're all looking, the people speaking look directly into the camera too. So it's they're looking directly at you while yes. this is happening. And but it's it's not just that it's their their line delivery is very uh, again very mechanical like they just it's like they just read off the lines one after another yeah there's uh, there's very little there's emotion in this movie pretty much non-existent in the beginning yeah yeah which I, I mean think they, was they, de- deliberate because oh, of yeah the subject matter like you said it kind of, it. Or I, th- I think you're going to say is it it kind of livens up, right? Yeah. Towards the end. Well, it, it livens up. There's a couple things that that livened it up for me. First, there's some comedy thrown in here, <laughs> which I've really appreciated. I really appreciated that levity that that happens uh, later on. Uh, uh, and, and the and line delivery during that sequence is just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the way it's drawn out. <laughs> Yeah, oh I, I like I like all I liked that, and at the beginning of the movie, I thought because I didn't know how this was going to be, I didn't know what the style was going to be. So at the beginning, there's a scene where the husband and wife are having a conversation with each other, and they're not even looking at each other; they're just kind of like gazing off into nothingness. Yes. And I was like, "Oh man, are they having marriage problems? What's going on here? What's this all about?" But then I realized that that's just the style the, of this movie yeah, style. completely flat and emotionless and the characters at the beginning didn't even look at each other when they were talking to each other and i, I had a problem with that because uh, you know uh, for me uh, emotion and characters are a big part of any movie i understand that that's what they were going for in this movie it was it was a choice to to do it like that but it just didn't work for me at first um but th- it does change gradually as the film goes on and the characters start warming up to each other and as a result you know warming up to the viewer as well yeah and they are having marital problems they're there you just have no idea what what is going on at first and then we start some things start to be uncovered especially after they you know they run into the the young brother sister duo while they're vacationing in italy Right, so I guess we should just kind of back up a little bit and cause back this, it up, the, yeah, because the synopsis doesn't really that doesn't it really doesn't, talk doesn't about what close. this movie. So it's it's basically a a husband and wife. He is a a very famous architect, and she is a, a behavioral specialist, some sort of mm-hmm. like psychologist type, and they're both having a lot of. Uh, stresses in their careers. They're both kind of at an impasse with their careers. He's got some big project that he's working on, and the people that hired him aren't into his his uh, yeah. ideas he's, for, he's this, for this new com- project. He's trying to completely shift his philosophy. Yeah, right. He wants to start a new phase, and people people aren't having it. They're not on board. They're not on board. So he and his wife are kind of like, we got to get out of here. So they 
take a trip to Italy. They end up meeting with this brother and sister, and it turns out that the the brother is going to he's going to be heading to Venice. Was it Venice to mm-hmm. study mm-hmm. to be an architect as well? So. He kind of reluctantly takes this kid under his wing and decides to go show him around at some of his favorite spots and kind of give him a history lesson about these specific buildings and the architects behind them. And then the wife kind of uh, takes care of the sister who has some sort of ailment. So she she agrees to watch over her. And I got to tell you, there, they learn from each other. Uh, that's exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> they there, learn there so is, much. There's so much learning from each other. Th- this kid, the brother, he's 18 years old, but he talks as if he's like <laughs> like some sort of, he's like a 75-year-old philosopher or something. He's yeah. he's like way, he's way, uh, he's yeah, wise see, behind, beyond his years. Oh my goodness. So much so. He just has it, he just has it life figured out. He's got it. At 18, he's got it all figured out. And he ends up teaching the one that was supposed to be teaching. Yep. It's a little oh. role reversal there. <laughs> reversal. And I love it. At the end, Ooh. towards the end, they they even just flat they, out yeah. say it. <laughs> I really wish that they would have kept that out. Because <laughs> I was completely on board with it. I was enjoying myself. And then they sort of threw that in there. And it's like, God damn, that is cliched as fuck. I, I actually liked all of the stuff with him just showing him walking around to the different places and talking about the architects and and the specific style of architecture and why they did it you know the history lesson part of it yeah the the history lesson part of it is handled quite well and i was i was completely enthralled by all of that the architecture the architects behind it you know he's going into Bromini and uh, what was the other one? I don't know. Bernini, 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 and Bernini. Yeah, and the way that those architects back in that time kind of parallel the same storyline that's going on in the present day with Alexander Schmidt, who plays the or he's the character, the renowned architect, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to be Bromini, but he couldn't do it, and now he's trying to do it at the age of fifty. Trying to completely go in a new direction, and some uh, some ghosts of the past become unveiled. And there's just a lot of parallels working in this story. Right, a lot a lot going on. Yeah, there is. Uh, it felt like I was. It felt like Compton's interactive encyclopedia, but <laughs> with a plot. It felt like I was yes. just uh, traveling. It felt like I was just on a trip. I was traveling through these places, and I had this great it's, yeah. It's tour very guide. much. It's very much just large portions of it are very much just a travelogue film where they're just they're just showing you the architecture of Italy and they're just giving you, you know, the history lesson here and there. And but then he ties in this whole, you know, trying to come to terms with the past and the present and how to incorporate the past and not completely cut it off. And then there's this whole other section of just so much talk about light, (laughs) so much light, which Anytime that this happens in a film where they bring in, someone brings in this like uh, spiritual angle mm-hmm. that at the without completely cutting me off and disconnecting me because I'm not spiritual whatsoever and I really have no time for it and I just, it bores the hell out of me and I have no interest in 
in it whatsoever. If they're able to incorporate that without distancing me at the same time, I always see it as a plus. Yeah. Because I thought it was I thought it was uh quite exceptional the way that they they brought in the spiritual angle of they, it. They brought it in, but I thought it was very light. It was like a light spiritual angle. They didn't I didn't, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, I didn't feel it like they were like hammering you over the exactly. head with it, but uh, he go, gets his point across. He gets his point across without right. being heavy-handed with it. So I had uh, going back to the the travel log scenes with the the two guys. Anytime I, I liked all that, but anytime they would jump to the two women, I was I was tuning out during all of that stuff. I didn't find that that side of it to be interesting or enthralling at all because when you take away the locations and the beautiful architecture you're just left with uh two emotionless characters talking about things that mean nothing to me and i don't <laughs> care about at all but you know that played a part too with the story cuz there's so much talk of sacrifices and everything that plays in there, and that kind of plays into the main storyline that's going on between the architect and the young budding architect. Yeah. So it to me it it kind of worked, but at the same time, yeah, I I can see what you're saying. Thanks. Because it was losing me a little bit, and especially the the shot reverse shot discussions. Which oh yeah, there's a lot of those. In, you have to keep in mind that that makes up like seventy five percent of this movie. And for me, I understand the the you know the formal aspect of this, but at the same time, it's it's much like hypnosis, where it's like a pocket watch just ticking left to right. When it you know when it cuts to the one guy talking, that's the pocket watch at the left, and then when it cuts back to the other guy, yeah, it's the pocket watch at the right. And it just lulls. It watching tennis. It's, it's like watching tennis. <laughs> just emotionless lobbing of a ball back and forth yeah and it, just like tick tock tick tock and it just lulls you into this like s- deep sleep yeah and, and, it, and even th- even though that i'm fully invested in what they're talking about and i find it very interesting it it captures my intention it's it's enthralling in a way to me but at the same time it's a lulling me to sleep at the same time yeah yeah i do it's a very bizarre experience to be in Yep, that's exactly how I felt. Um, I, the eyes getting heavy, and I'm just like, this, uh, this is interesting, but at the same time, I'm kind of yeah. falling asleep. Mm-hmm. That's exa- <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I didn't, some of the conversations I didn't find interesting at all, and, and several times while watching it, I thought to myself, I'm going to forget everything that they said <laughs> as soon as the credits start to roll, and by the end of the year, I'm not going to remember anything about this movie other than there's some really cool uh shots of architecture (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's another thing to speak on the the shots of the architecture it breaks off because it's very rigid you know during all this like human interaction extremely rigid emotionless like you said numerous times which i completely agree with but when it gets into the architecture i mean there is some beautiful camera movements Mm -hmm. it's just like a deep reverence for the buildings that you get to see and man, it just combs over it, and my God, is it inspiring! It's just so beautiful to look at, which yeah. I thought was handled quite well. Yeah, I, I, I thought all that stuff like, was fantastic. 
yeah, it's just, oh man, it just makes you want to go to Italy. Yes. Every, pretty much all the, well, this and spring make me want to yeah, go everything. to Italy right now. <laughs> I just want to go there and just hang out for a while. And I th- what did you think of the, because there, you know, there's so much talk of, so much dialogue centering on like the kind of reconciling the past with the present and not cutting off the past, but incorporating it into the present with the architecture and everything. What did you think of the, towards the end of the movie where they kind of, where they kind of start tying in this, like the old, the old timey aspect of the storyline? Well, I don't, I don't really like how they, how they did it. Um, there was sort of an extended sequence towards the end that pretty much like is is a, like a straight up reenactment of mm-hmm. something that occurs and to me it felt like i was watching a history channel show where they, you know <laughs> where they where there's the narrator that's describing what happened and then we're seeing a reenactment of that that's Correct. kind of that's kind of what it felt like to me i would agree the only thing the thing that interested me the most during those sequences is that they never showed the people. That was interesting. Sure. That they just showed their hands. I think they, I think it was just, just their hands, right? Yeah. Just the, just the hands and the light. This movie's all about light. Gotta get that light in there. I thought that was interesting, but I just felt like that sequence took too long, even though I, I get maybe Eugene Green was trying to get that story in there and was just kind of struggling on how to incorporate it because, like you said, everything that happens in the past with these architects parallels what happens uh, in the, in the present as mm-hmm. well, and that I think that that story is a is a big part because of what happened with his uh, partner, I guess, was his partner or his, yeah, his, yeah. his classmate or whatever. I think that that uh, is like a kind of a direct reflection of what happened yes, there. Yes, very much so. so because he so, was just like a true artist that just effortlessly, you know, combined everything that he was trying to attempt to do with his entire career, his entire life. But he just he was never able to do it. And then you know, jealousy reared its ugly head, and you know, yeah. Ended so up- I, I can get why he wanted to incorporate that story. A little anecdote, but I don't know. I, I just don't think that the way he did it was the best way. And it's that's not the only part in the film where they kind of go back to old timey hands with uh, <laughs> with the old clothing and stuff. I just wasn't. It, it that didn't do it for me. This is this is what number one. This is my first Eugene Green movie. Same here. I'm sure. I'm sure it is for you as well. Um, and I don't know how it is for you, but this one's sticking with me for quite some time. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one because at first, within the first 15 minutes, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a mm-hmm. snooze, this is going to be a snooze mm-hmm. fest, but there's just something about it that kind of, that got it, got its hooks into me. And by the end I was like, wow, uh, I actually kind of like that movie. It's, it was I, a surprise. I, yeah, I was kind of surprised as well because much like you at the beginning of the movie I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." <laughs> here we go. This is I'm not into this, you know, the emotionless line delivery. Mhm. Yeah. Very robotic. I'm I just I don't understand it. 
I can't get into it. I keep trying and trying, and I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. Close, you know, close to two hours of this. But, you know, at the same time, at the end of the movie, there's a part of me that just wanted to write it off like, well, that was kind of a waste of time. But then, you know, an hour later, two hours later, a day later, I just, I keep coming back to it. I keep thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's, it's somehow it got its hooks into me. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie, a lot more than what you initially think, because you start you start recalling some of those conversations and you start recalling some of the the, th- yeah, the themes and the parallels and stuff. And, and you're just like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's one of those things where none none of the dialogue in this movie is um, extraneous. There's nothing superfluous going on right. in the discussions. Everything parallels something, and all of it has importance in one way or another. I think it's just—it's deceptively simple. Yeah, like at first, at first glance, it seems really, really simple. Like, okay, this just got this guy is at an impasse. He's trying to move on. He wants to go into a next phase of his his career, and he's having trouble with it. He goes to Italy to get inspiration. Okay, but then you know everything sort of plays against each other with each other, and. You know, it just sticks with you. I think the incorporating the history behind the architecture and the lives of the old architects from hundreds of years ago, I think that plays a big part in it too, in, in making it a more complex movie. Yeah, than, it's it's than one we, of those things where it's kind of universal with, you know, it doesn't matter what time period you're in, you're trying to progress as a society, but at the same time, you're trying not to completely destroy and you know completely destroy the the past the history of what where you're building or what you know wherever you're trying to take your society as a whole and they try you know they get into that a little bit especially when Eugene Eugene Green himself shows up like towards the end on the park bench Mm -hmm. yeah talking about the what was it the the Chaldeans yes the Aramaic yeah trying you know essentially driving the point home yep uh, I just it's a, lot, the, the, it's a lot to unload. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie. I will still say that it is not for most people. I think that most people will just find it too dry. Oh yeah, no, you have to be in the right mood to watch this. Yeah, fortunately, I just happened to be kind of in the right mind space to watch this yesterday. I I don't know, <laughs> it just kind of worked out where I was into the idea of watching this. I think. Under normal circumstances, now I, d- I did have the opportunity to go to a press screening of this. I think if I went to the press screening uh, and, and saw it in a theater environment, I would probably have fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it may have happened, uh, but I I will say honestly, I did not fall asleep during any of this. Ooh, I was able to right. sat through the whole thing, <laughs> start to finish. Look at that! Oh boy, it, it was one of those deals though, where several times. I feel like my eyes probably just glazed over and I was reading the subtitles yet. I wasn't processing them. You know, does that ever happen to you where you're watching a movie mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and you're reading the subtitles, but you're not really, no, you're not, it's, you're not really, you know, uh, hearing the conversation in your head. No, no. it's just happening. That happened. Yeah. That happened a few times, but you know, I just wish there was. I just don't like the style of this movie. the 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 way that 
the conversations were displayed and how it seemed like everybody spoke in fragments and I just meh meh don't like <laughs> don't like that. I'm not digging on that, but I know, I know. And I keep I keep trying. I keep trying to understand this idea. Some this people really like that style, I know they're but really I, into it. But I just cannot get behind it. I like things looking and sounding natural and real and that makes me more interested in what's happening because I can imagine these characters as real people. But, yeah. Uh let's go ahead and 100%. give this bad boy a score. Did you have anything else to add? I I do not. No. Okay. And when we get to scores, this is one of those where it's like the initial score I know is it's going to change drastically. Mine's not going to change. This for me, this is one of those that you have to sit with for a while. It, it is. I agree. I agree. Uh, my initial score, we'll say, we'll say initial score on this one. My initial score is a six out of ten. I don't think that's yeah. going to change. I'm just going to give it a okay. six. I think I'm. I think I'm at a. I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10. There you go. La Sapienza playing in New York right now. I don't know what the release schedule is for this. Keep an eye out for it. If it if it does sound interesting to you, I will say if you are a fan of architecture and are in the mood for a lesson in the history of architecture, check Get it out. It. There, there is a ton of really interesting information about some of this ancient architecture in here and i, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy yeah, all that it's, it's very scholarly yeah all right let's go ahead and move on to our next movie we're talking about spring this is the at least for me much anticipated follow-up uh, to resolution from too. directors justin benson and aaron moorhead I have the synopsis mm-hmm. here. A young man in a personal tailspin flees the U.S. to Italy, where he sparks up a romance with a woman harboring a dark primordial secret. Now, I will say, I when I heard about this movie, I put put the blinders on with everything. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. when yeah. I posted trailers on the site, I refused to read the synopsis. I refused to watch the trailer. Uh, I was... Somehow, amazingly, I was able to go into this movie completely cold, knowing nothing. Same here. So I'm going to give a warning to those that have not seen the movie yet and are listening to this review. I highly recommend going into it completely cold. Yes. Knowing nothing. So with that warning out of the way, let's go ahead and start it with, with you, Kevin. What did you think of Spring? Oh, maybe I should go over the cast list real quick. We have Lou, yeah, Lou Taylor, uh, Pucci, and Nadia Hilker as the main two two people. But I do love how Jeremy Gardner was in there as the Tommy yep. friend. Vinny Coran yeah. as well. And Cage. Was, okay. Cage, Cage in I, there. I thought that was him, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Cage gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. All right, which was which was kind of fun to watch. It was, it was, and I thought that was him, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Uh, Kevin, it was definitely Kevin, what'd you think of Spring? I'm still processing this one. <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure what I think about this. The the one thing that I will say is I think it takes entirely too long to get to its main focus. 
its main storyline. It is, yeah. Just kind of meanders for a while and, you know, just wants to be a comedy, it seems like, for much too long. Much too long for me. Real quickly, I I just want to say that that's the only gripe I have with this movie is exactly what you just said. I I do think it, it takes a little bit too long to get where it's going but go ahead and continue yeah i mean the the beginning portion of it i did find funny and i enjoyed it but then it goes into when he finally shows up in italy and then he hangs out with the the uh the english his english buddies or whatever the hell you want to call them that he meets up with or kind of gets brought into i don't know what point that section of the film had um it just like it added nothing to me, I'm just like, where, where are we going? What are we doing? I guess doing? it was just t- I thought- him looking for companionship and, you know, meeting people along the way and forming these kind of disposable relationships, friendships with these. To me, people. it's just that section just didn't work. I don't, I don't understand the need to have that. In I didn't there, mind it unless I'm missing. Something. I didn't mind it because I actually didn't hate the characters. Mo- most of the time in movies like this, I just hate everybody. And and in this movie, even though the English guys were kind of loud mouths, I still liked them. I thought that they were funny and they seemed like decent people. Not really, but let's move on. <laughs> once the, because I hated them, once the, uh, once the story gets going, there is a large amount of intrigue going on here. Just complete, like what the hell is happening? You see these transformations whatever you want to call them and you really have no idea where the hell this is going until you know finally everything kind of gets uncovered and everything's explained and it becomes a very interesting romance movie not really the horror at all just took me completely by surprise it is a bit of a a genre bender It, it mixes in elements of of horror and sci-fi and romance definitely has a Lovecraft vibe to it with the tentacles and things. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a tough movie to categorize. You can't really, can't really pigeonhole this movie. It's, no, it's, you a, can't. it's a toughie. I see a lot of people drawing comparisons to, to Richard Linkletter and I, I definitely, can see a before sunrise vibe but <laughs> there's <laughs> it's a little sure. bit, little bit sure. more interesting than that uh yeah definitely um once again completely surprised by the the look of the film yeah the the cinematography in this oh my goodness yeah. just shot after shot of beauty yeah which you don't you don't you don't really expect going into a horror movie at least I don't. No, but that's kind of one thing that this movie does is it really does kind of defy your expectations. It's it, it really does. And I was much like you. I went in completely cold. I didn't read any synopsis. I didn't watch any trailers. I wasn't reading any reviews, anything. So going into this, I had no idea what the hell I was to expect. And it still surprised yeah. me. And. Even with that being said, it is it is more of a love story than it is a horror movie. There's there's really there's a very small amount 
of horror element in here, which I don't. I was expecting more. I didn't know. Yeah, Just, I, I didn't know I, what to expect in that because with resolution, if you if you look back at resolution, there's not a whole lot of horror in that movie either. It's not really no, but there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery. And I, and I thought that there was a lot of mystery in this movie too, because I was con- pretty much the whole time I was trying to figure out where this is going and what the hell is going on with with uh, this woman that he meets. Yeah, a lot of intrigue. Yeah, you start asking a lot of questions, and then the, kind of unfortunately they explain everything towards the end, just flat out, just straight out. You know, he essentially yeah. just says, "Explain it to me," and then she does. But but again, I can't really see any other way of getting across what's going on, and, and you get outside of just verbal exposition. But that's the thing if 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 we're imagining this as a real life uh, relationship that is that is budding, and the guy finds out <laughs> that this is happening, er, er, he walks in on the same situation that you know he sees. Of course, he's gonna be like, "You gotta you gotta explain this to me. What is going on?" You know, it's it would be difficult to explain the, the situation in any other way other than to have her yeah, just lay exactly. it out there. But even that, I feel like the way that they handled it, she just she just breezed over it. I still had a lot of questions. You know, it's like she gave him the Cliff Notes version of what's going on here. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, I had so many, so many more questions, as I'm sure he did too, <laughs> which is one of the things that I liked so much is after he found out what was going on with her, the questions that he asked I thought were were really funny, and it kind of gave it, it it gave their relationship this kind of new dynamic where he's like, oh, I don't want to give anything away. I can't. Where he's like, the, the, just the things that he's asking her about her past, I thought was it was funny. Yeah, because they're like kind of light questions, but it's like questions that I would probably ask too. No, definitely. Because right off the bat, you're kind of thinking, Evan, what are you doing? What do you? Why? Why are you staying? But at the same time, you do kind of think like, I, there's probably a part of me that would stay too. Yeah. Just because what the fuck? You gotta find out what the fuck is going on. You gotta explore this. This is a once in a lifetime. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You gotta see this thing through. The rational part of you is saying, get as far away as possible. Just get out of there. Because this is terrifying. But at the same time, curiosity is like, well, you got to stick around. You know, this is never going to happen again. Yeah. You got to try and find out as much as possible. Yeah. I like the the scene where he's having the conversation with her and the, the things coming up behind him. <laughs> and it, the, the tentacle thing with the hooks or the teeth or whatever. And she's just taking her good old time. And he's like, you know, kind of speed it up. It looked like it was going to get her, get him. Because your face is decaying <laughs> as we speak. That was funny, too, because it looked like her eyeball was about to pop out of her head. Oh, man. I, I know that we're just glossing over really what this movie's all about, but it's really hard to discuss without spoiling we, anything. You, you can't get into it, but just know that love conquers all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it's all about. I mean, it's it's... It's essentially the same thing as Interstellar, like towards yeah. the end, where just you know, love is love is what writes everything, and the overexposition of everything. But it, the funny thing is, is where in Interstellar people are you know using that to completely derail the film and 
talking about how terrible it is in spring they'll be like oh this is different and amazing i don't know if that's exactly why people were complaining about interstellar oh, yeah that's all they complain the- about when it comes to christopher nolan is his use of exposition well and how he just comes out and says shit but that's exactly what happens in but spring. It, it, it happened more organically in this movie. It happened. I will give you it that. It happened in a more realistic setting where, or, or not realistic, natural setting where it would have occurred if this was a real conversation that the people were having. I would agree with that. But again, I, I, I don't have a big problem with Nolan's exposition. I, no, I don't either. I don't either. I it's just it'll be it'll be fun to see. This was a this was just a very surprising movie to me to see where it was going and all of the elements that it incorporated into it. It does have a little bit of everything. There's a, a fair amount of comedy in it too. The mm-hmm. various reactions that this guy, <laughs> this guy, poor, poor, uh, poor Evan, just he and my 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 favorite just being Angelo. Angelo just dropping jewels of wisdom throughout. <laughs> Especially when the you know the police show up at the run, yeah, he's like, should I run? <laughs> should I run? See, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I was, I gotta say though, Evan had probably the worst week of anyone ever. Yeah, it's kind of bad. I, bad, bad string of things happening. Because everything in the movie happens over the course of pretty much a week. Because he knows, yeah, because he because uh, he only knows the girl for five days, I think, and. He meets her at what seems to be only a few days after getting to Italy. Mm-hmm. So almost like what, like the second day? Yeah. Oh, he sees her. He the... sees her. I think maybe on the second day, and then he actually, or no, wait, no, whatever. <laughs> it's it's just, it's just I I did enjoy the way that they kind of subvert these ideas of you know romantic relationships with the you know meeting the parents. Mm-hmm. And the way that was handled, uh, discussion of like past partners, yeah, <laughs> which is which I thought was yeah. That's what I was trying to allude to <laughs> a few minutes ago when he was ask, asking all the questions about how it works with her affliction. We'll call it an affliction. Yeah, it's definitely an affliction. It's it's. Something. What did you think of the the effects work? Because there is uh not a lot of effects work going on, but there's a there's a significant amount of makeup effects and creature effects happening. I thought most of it was quite exceptional. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I thought the only thing that kind of threw me, and I don't know if I was if I just thought this or if this was an actual thing, was there CGI birds at one point? CGI birds, like, fly, like flying overhead. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that they Which, were CG. I don't know if it, it was just me. But I just thought that, that was kind of odd that, you know, the effects work everywhere else is fantastic. And then there's these artificial looking birds flying, flying overhead. I didn't notice that. I saw it in the theater and I feel like if it was really bad, I I would have noticed because I do tend to notice. But I don't know. I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Everything else I thought looked quite good. I liked the the especially the the main transformation. Mm hmm. If you if whatever you want to call that that was that was something else yeah <laughs> it's pretty gross that was ter- that was terrifying and just weird just once you kind of and it came at a perfect time too because you at least for me it seemed like i was 
kind of getting a handle on what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then that happened, and I'm just like kind of throw my hands up in the air, like I don't know what the fuck <laughs> yeah. is going on. Yeah, I just like I thought I understood what was happening. This is completely out of left field. I I don't know. I don't know what's happening anymore. Yep, which uh, which was great. I love it. I love it. I love which it when I movies do. Pretty that. sure that that's what they were going for, and it yeah. worked. I love the. Are you a vampire, werewolf, witch, zombie, or alien? <laughs> Uh, and the fact that the, she doesn't really know, I think, was quite interesting as well, is that she's had this for so long, but even she doesn't completely understand what's going on. She's still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yep. There's some... There's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of romance and, and horror elements, but there's some really heavy stuff in this, too. The movie deals with the concept of death a lot too with both of his parents and then what i mean essentially what she's trying to do is escape death constantly Mm -hmm. and then what happened with her family it's uh she has to and she has to choose she has to make a sacrifice so there's actually a lot it's kind of bizarre that there's some parallels between this and La Sapienza. Other than the Italy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Italy, and there was, you know, both of them talk about sacrifices. Both of them kind of touch on wasting. Yeah, and I, and I think I, was very I think at the end of the day, they are both love stories, too. They're both mm-hmm. slightly unconventional love stories. In letting in the light, it's very I thought that that, never in a million years did I think that, hey, there would be some correlations between spring and... And La Sapienza, but here, here, here we, we are. are. There's there are definite correlations. It's very bizarre. Multiple correlations are to be had, Kevin. <laughs> Who knew? Who expected that to happen? I would just say, this is a movie where you just have to trust me on it. Go see Spring. I can't say anything about it. I don't want to say anything about it because it would be ruining. I think we probably already said too much. But we, yeah, we did. But we definitely did. Go, just go see it. You will enjoy it. And again, I will say that one of my favorite things about this movie, which is another thing that I like so much about Resolution, is I could get behind the characters, even the ones like like Jeremy Gardner's character. He's not a particularly likable guy, but I still kind of liked him. And I thought that the characters were so strong in this movie, and they were fully developed, and they were. I, I think that. It's so rare that we have characters like this in horror movies that I I love it when it happens. Horror movies with likable characters. Yeah, and it just and doesn't yeah doesn't happen often. Yeah, and that that was one of the things I liked so much about it. Follows was that the characters were actually real people. Like it it felt like they were fully developed, likable characters that could exist in the real world, not these cartoon. Cartoon characters, which I'll be talking about a little bit later in the show. Cartoony douchebags. Yeah. So, I highly recommend Spring. I loved it. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead. Kevin, we'll start with you. What are you going to give Spring out of 10? Mm. Hmm. I'm going to give it a 7. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. You had to one-up me. Well, I liked it more than you, so... Oh, how do you know? I don't know. I just sure. think I did. I think I did. Probably. You probably. You probably did. I might even. It's, 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 it's different. one that even. It's different. It might even end up being an eight, 
as the year progresses because it is one that really the only knock like i said the only knock i have against it is that it it is uh, a fairly meandering build up to what happens that there is yeah that was my main problem with it too and maybe uh, the only other thing which isn't i mean it's not a huge criticism but the uh seemed to be a bit too uh testosterone heavy for me a bit too uh bit too much of the bros yeah but that's kind of going on yeah i think i did I... that's it but it's not it's not a huge i mean the main thing for me was the it taken entirely too long to get to its main focus i think it is it, it is a little bro heavy but looking at the character of evan and what he's been through i think that he's just trying to he's just trying to escape and i think that that's yeah. the best way he knows how by getting drunk with his buds and Broing it, it up. up. Yeah. Broing it up and, you know, punching Cage in the face 14 times. <laughs> that was, cr- that was, that happens early <laughs> on in the movie. And it's not a big spoiler or anything, but the way that that happens was one of the most realistic f- fight scenes slash punches that I've seen in a movie in a long time. Where it wasn't this like exaggerated, you know, it wasn't like an exaggerated punch noise. Uh, it, it looked and sounded and felt like a real, like what happens when you really punch someone in the face. Like he instantly heard his hand. His hand was like fucked up right off the bat. It didn't make some loud cracking sound. It just, well, plus he's got that gold grill on. I mean, imagine punching a gold grill. It's, I mean, it's bad enough punching teeth. Knock that shit right out of his face though. Oh, he picked up like four teeth. (laughs) Yeah. I do like I do uh, like that God. they used that as kind of one of the one of the deciding factors in getting him out of the country was that happened. Yeah, you just you got to change up your life. Yeah. Spring, check it out. It is available on VOD now. Obviously, I do recommend seeing it in the theater if it's playing in your area. Let's go ahead and move on to some of what we've been watching. Kevin, start off this week. All right. Do it. Oh my goodness. Okay. So after thoroughly enjoying Wild Canaries and seeing a number of people make the the uh, comparison, the connection that it's essentially Manhattan Murder Mystery by Woody Allen from 1993, I decided, hey, let's give that a go. Let's do that. Let's find out how how similar they are. And uh, they're essentially exactly the same fucking movie, hmm. pretty much. There's some slight variations, but man, they are essentially the same. And guess what? Just as much fun. It's Woody Allen being playful and fun. Manhattan murder mystery. So, I mean, if you enjoyed Wild Canaries, you're more than likely going to enjoy Manhattan murder mystery. It's just a Woody Allen spin on it. Or I guess I should say that Wild Canaries is a Lawrence Michael Levine spin on Woody Allen's take. Whatever the hell you want to call it. But, I mean, the comedy is there throughout. Him and Diane Keaton just fantastic chemistry i could watch them all day just those two bickering and arguing the back and forth that they have is fantastic and much like wild canaries once the 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 murder mystery kind of pops up and you have the sleuthing and the detective work and everything the the comedy doesn't take a back seat it's always in the forefront and it's just an enjoyable time throughout so if you liked wild canaries you need to check out manhattan murder mystery how'd you see this Simple, simple as that. I got this on DVD. Okay, check it out. 
Manhattan Murder Mystery. One of, I think it's uh, probably regarded as one of Woody Allen's finer finer works, right? I think so. I mean, Diane Keaton. Well, you can't go wrong I with Diane love, Keaton. Though. I just love watching Diane Keaton. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, sticking with the Italian theme, I right now at um, they're they're doing a giallo film festival here and i went to check it it just started this weekend it's going to be i think 10 days and 12 films i went to see uh dario argento's phenomena aka creepers last night it's from 1985 never saw this before i'm just going to read you the synopsis here a 14 year old jennifer conley plays a young girl with the ability to communicate with insects Newly transferred to a Swiss boarding school roiled by a string of murders, she joins forces with an entomologist, played by Donald Pleasance, and his trusted chimp, to find the killer before she becomes the next victim. Mixing elements of giallo, horror, and the supernatural, Phenomena is one of Argento's greatest films. Uh, Yes. If that synopsis doesn't get you on board with seeing this movie, I don't know what will. It is so ridiculous. So ridiculous. It is just this random mishmash of ideas. <laughs> I just love, I love the fact that it's a trusted chimp. This chimp has proven himself time and time again. I don't even understand. I'm, I'm just completely on board so, with that. I just wanted to be a trusted so chimp. So Donald Pleasance is in a wheelchair. He was in a car accident or he was hit by a car years prior and it left him in a wheelchair. And the chimp is his kind of helper, his helper chimp. Are you kidding and me? <laughs> the chimp? I don't know why the chimp's in the movie. There's no reason for the chimp being in the movie. It. But what? How does he help? How does the chimp help? Uh, Donald Just Donald Pleasance has like a one he has a laser pointer, and he'll he'll shine the laser pointer on various things, and the chimp will go get him get Are him things or me? open doors. He's a really smart chimp. This is that's and the chimp does end up killing someone with uh, one of those old timey razor blades, the the shaving the shaving razors, the straight razors. Oh, oh my he does God. kill somebody with it. Do you have a chimp kill someone with a uh, razor? There's also like that's all you have to say. There's also a a little person in some sort of a little person dressed up as a child that is mm-hmm. some wearing some sort of monster makeup. That kills people with a, a giant pike, like an like a medieval pike. <laughs> what in the world is happening? We we didn't even you didn't even get to. She talks to insects. She does talk to insects. She is able to communicate and not control, but sort of ask them to do things in, and, and in, they'll in, suggest. Yeah, she she kind of like when she needs help, the insects will come help her. <laughs> it's. How? How do insects Usually by swarming onto the people that are trying to hurt her. This sounds unbelievable. Uh, also, when she's... It's funny because when they decide that they're going to catch this killer, Donald Pleasance is like, the two greatest detectives in the world are about to catch this killer. And then he looks at Jennifer Conley and he's like, you and that fly. <laughs> and she, she uses a fly to help track down where the killer is because the fly knows where the corpses are buried and the fly guides her to <laughs> oh my god I'm telling you dude you have to see this movie and one of the- now I'm af- I'm afraid they ask because this might take it over the top and I'll lose 
all control of reality. But is there any point in time where the chimp fights the insects? No, no, because they're on the same side. <sighs> Thank God. The, the chimps and the insects are on the same side. The oh, chimp's a good guy. So I don't know if I would be able to handle that if you said One yes. of the funny things about this movie is it completely randomly plays rock and roll music, specifically metal. Motorhead, okay. Iron Maiden, some other metal bands in there. At completely inappropriate and random times. I mean, I'm telling you, when you see it, you're just like, what? It'll make you laugh hysterically. The whole theater erupted at several several moments in this because it oh, is God. so random when Argento decides to put in this this rock and roll music. And, and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's not even during a big action scene or a suspense scene. He just throws it in willy-nilly. Random Motorhead, random Iron Maiden. And it's, you're just like, what? It'll catch you off guard. The sound mixing is terrible in it, too. It's way louder than everything else, so it drowns everything out. Oh, uh, mm. it's, it's awful. Uh, I will say, though, if you're in New York, I highly recommend checking out this series. It's uh, at the Anthology Film Archives. It's going to be over the next 10 days. And all of the films that they are presenting are the original 35mm prints of the films. So we got to see it in 35mm. It was awesome. Well, well... Guess what I got to see on my computer screen? What? Dead End (laughs) Driving. Yeah. Oh, Dead End Driving. So I decided, you know, it's time to take another stab at one of your your suggestions from your movie challenge for this year. The old Osploitation. Yeah, yeah. one of my favorite favorite styles. Yeah, I figured it's about time to dip my toes into one of the other genres that you presented me. And... This just sounded ridiculous, so I was like, let's go, let's go. Hit, dive head first into this one. Um, I don't really know what the fuck this is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, I don't, it's something, isn't it? Um, It's like post-apocalyptic, but I'm not 100% sure what they're going for. Um, <laughs> and much like spring, it takes forever until it gets to its main focus where everything before it just kind of seems like a waste of time. And then, you know, it finally gets to the drive-in theater, where apparently this is turned into like a... It says that it's turned into a concentration camp, but it didn't feel like that at all. just felt like free-range prison. Yeah, it was like a summer camp. Some sort of... Yeah, it's not... Like, there's no labor. There's not. They're not forced to do anything. They just sort of lounge around, and apparently they have makeup like an endless supply of makeup so they can, you know, do their, paint their faces up and do ridiculous hairstyles and whatnot. And just ridiculous clothing. Everyone's ridiculous looking in this movie, except for crabs. Uh, One of the reasons I love this movie is because it it completely encapsulates how bad guys looked in eighties action movies. They all, they, they all looked like that. You know, they had the kind of, they're all they had the, yeah, like, they're all punk rock look. It was all I th- and it was all derived. The bad guys. Oh, sorry, it was all derived from Mad Max. I think. Yeah, and everyone is just a ridiculous version, especially the bad guys that Craps comes in contact with the the other members that are trying to haze the new guy. Mm-hmm. 
especially the guy that uh, seems like a reject from the young ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't understand the point of any of this. Like, I mean, he, the director seems to bring up some things that, you know, some serious discussion points that he wants to bring up, especially, you know, when they bring in the, uh, I guess, the Asian immigrants. Yeah. And it goes into this, like, white supremacy type storyline, but that's never, like, fully developed right. or even explored, really, outside of just, like, hey, they shouldn't be here. And then it's mostly just crabs trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get out over and over again. And he keeps trying to save his girlfriend for some reason, which I don't understand because she's a terrible person and she's just dead weight, really. And once the film was over and the credits were rolling, I had no idea what the hell I just watched. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't get it. I, like, I don't understand the point of it. I don't know what I was supposed to get. Everything was just ridiculous. There's some good stunt work in that movie, though. There is. There is some good stuff. There is a. There's an explosion, which is entirely too big. It's huge. What happens? <laughs> it blows up. Like the entire grounds, and it all it consists of is like one car driving into another car, and in some way, shape, or form, that results in the pro- biggest explosion I've seen on probably film. a chain reaction, probably a chain reaction situation because there's a lot of cars in that drive-in. There is a lot of cars. Yes, you are correct. There's just cars everywhere, and they just keep bringing cars in, and I have no idea what the hell that's supposed to represent. Like I don't get this whole car business i don't understand it and they're salvaging cars yeah. and there's car boys which just they just laugh mm-hmm. maniacally for some reason because you always and that's it that's all that's all how they develop that's that's as much as in the developed. 80s you always have to have the laughing goons that's the i think that that's just the way it was in the 80s you always have the one and then there's guy that laughed all the time and then out of nowhere it just cuts to crabs like just driving through a wasteland for some reason and then he gets attacked by car boys and he gets away and you're thinking what was the point of that why was that there what is happening <laughs> is there a movie here like what what are we doing it's ridiculous it's kind of enter- it's kind of entertaining but at the same time it just kind of gets old after a while well uh actually on that same list there's another you have another one on your list from that from the director Brian Trenchard Smith, Turkey Shoot. I think I think Turkey Shoot. <laughs> Sit, wait, wait, hold up. What was the name? Turkey of that? Shoot. <laughs> I think. Oh, I also want to. Who's the guy on the poster? Who's that guy? He's the bad guy, right? Isn't he? Is, is he? I don't remember seeing him at all. I think he's supposed to be the bad guy. What the guy with the flock of seagulls hair? I think so. The chubby guy. Which I thought was hilarious, him being like the leader of the bad guys. Was a chubby flock of seagulls reject. <laughs> uh, Brian Trenchard Smith also did Stunt Rock, which is one I almost gave you. Uh, but Stunt Rock's not even like a movie, really, at all. It's just like, there's. I don't think there's any plot to it at all. It's just, it's rock and roll music and then various stunts. That's it. Nice. That actually sounds kind of fun. Stunt Rock. Stunt rock. He also did BMX Bandits, which is Nicole Kidman's debut. Oh my god! And he did Drive Hard, which just came out last year with uh, Thomas Jane and John Cusack. 
which I have a Blu-ray review up for, and it was it was really bad. <laughs> it's mm. terrible. I love Ausploitation. I, I because I think it's just it's heavy on action. It's it's like a lot heavier on action than some of the other like American exploitation and stuff. They they really go big with the stunts, and I think that it's it's kind of fun. I think that I actually think that you'll genuinely like Road Games, though the other one I gave you with Stacy Keach. I th- I think I think you'll like that one. It's just they're funny. Oh yeah, they are funny. None of them, none of them are. Well, I would argue that Mad Max Two is actually pre- like a pretty good movie, but most of them are not. They're not good movies. They're just fun. Gotcha. Uh, one movie that I saw that is not a good movie and it's a little bit fun is Zombievers, which came out this week. Right. Um, I had very little to no expectations going into this one. I don't think you're really supposed to have ex- a- any hope, kind of expectations. No one. I want to meet someone that actually has expectations. Uh, so basically, it. it's exactly what you imagine. It's the the beginning of the film features Bill Burr and John Mayer. The, the singer, mm-hmm. John yep. Mayer, I'm in. driving I'm in. a truck full of toxic waste down the road. Uh, Bill Burr is driving, and he is looking at his phone, and he doesn't see a deer walk in the middle of the road. He hits the deer, swerves, barrel of toxic waste, falls off the back of the truck, lands into a beaver dam, mutates, mm. mutates the beavers, turns them into giant zombie beavers, and they terrorize a group of tw- 20-something assholes that are vacationing at the a lake home Fantastic. it's ridiculous and it's it's not even enjoyable it's not even entertaining until the end uh-huh. when you find out that anyone that gets scratched or bitten by one of the zombievers zom turns into a zombiever then it gets fun when the actual humans start turning into beavers uh how they how so mostly they just grow giant beaver teeth, and it's ridiculous. I was hoping that that was. What they you also to say. G- grow giant beaver tails. The tail. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So yes. then it turns into a fun. This isn't. This isn't. It's a movie that's like Piranha 3D or Big Ass Spider, where they they're kind of poking fun at these creature features and. I actually liked it. I thought that it was funny and was entertained by from the point where they start turning into zombievers themselves. I was into that. I thought it was ridiculous and over the top and and funny. Everything before that I wasn't wasn't into it. The the setup took way too long because every single one of these characters are horrible and I hated I hated them and I just couldn't wait for them to all get killed by these beavers. And that they try and spend time on backstory. It just, yeah, it really brought it down for me because it was, it was too, it was too over the top. The characters were just, none of them were likable at all. But again, it, it really kind of pulled, pulled it together by the end. And I, I thought it was pretty, pretty fun and goofy and bloody and stupid fun. It's way better uh, drawing comparisons to some of these other kind of goofy monster movies, it's not better. Piranha 3D is still, in my opinion, the best out of the bunch. Uh, I think that Big Ass Spider is also more more fun than this. But this is way better than Piranha 3 Double D or any of the Sharknado movies. Gotcha. So, 
That's Zombievers. It is. Uh, you can get this on demand right now. Where else are you going to find a film podcast that discusses La Sapienza, <laughs> Zombievers, yeah. Spring, Dead End Drive-In, and Manhattan Murder Mystery? Diversity. What That's it? what we're all about. <laughs> Diversity. Uh, you got everyone gets an equal chance. You got anything else? No, I'm good. I will quickly re- uh, recommend The Jinx on HBO if you haven't seen it. The life and t- life and deaths of Robert Durst. I know everybody's talking about this, and hey, oh yeah, yeah, I gotta check. I that think out. probably for most people that haven't seen it yet, it's been ruined. It's been spoiled. Just mm-hmm. real Definitely. life, real life spoiled it, and I think that that's unfortunate because when I saw the finale last. It was last Sunday the finale was on? I think so. The end of that movie uh, blew me away. I've never seen a documentary that had an ending like that that I was genuinely shocked at that. I mean, it was nuts. It was just insane. I couldn't believe what I was seeing on the TV. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And more specifically, what I was hearing. So, if you if you already know what happens... To Robert Durst, if you've been following the news, and you you probably do know what's going on, it's that's it sucks. But I think you'll still enjoy the documentary. Uh, honestly, though, you don't need to see the whole thing because it is a I want to say it's a six part documentary. I think it's six, five or six. Yeah. So I don't think you need to see the whole the whole series to really get the gist of what's going on. I think. You could probably just see the first and the last episodes. Yeah. Um, but even if you do watch the whole thing, it's it's still great, great, great filmmaking. So definitely check out The Jinx if you haven't seen it yet. And if you don't know what's going on with Robert Durst, try to put the blinders on and see The Jinx first because it'll, yeah. it'll fucking blow your mind. Yeah, good luck with yeah, that. Shit's yeah, everywhere. Well, it's... It's crazy. This, I mean, this movie, and, and he's the one that wanted to make the movie to begin mm-hmm. with. He mm-hmm. he suggested it. He it was his idea. Like Andrew Jarecki didn't approach him about the documentary. Mm-hmm. It was the other way around. No, destroyed by his own hubris. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about some predictions. Last week, Insurgent. You said thirty-four. I said thirty-two. Actual thirty-two. Right on the money. Fuck you. The Gunman, you said 24, I said 36, actual 14. Oof. Yeah, Gunman, mm. Gunman not too good. We we, we do have a review for that up on the site. Blake reviewed that for us. He gave it a 4 out of 10. Boy, yeah, boy. so that's uh, yeesh, that's not too good. Uh, also, I have uh, doc, uh, reviews for Zombievers up there too, and by the time you listen to this, There'll be a review for La Sapienza. Oh, thanks for the pressure. Well, it, this won't be coming out until sometime tomorrow afternoon anyway. Uh, next week, we have Get Hard. Yay. I'm going to say uh, 24 on that one. Mm, I'm going 22. And we also have Home, which is a DreamWorks... I think it's DreamWorks animated movie. Is it DreamWorks? I have no idea. Even it's either Sony or DreamWorks. I think it might be Sony, actually. Oh, Aliens. Cool. Yeah. Jim Parsons and Rihanna. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Jim Parsons is the voice of the alien. <laughs> uh, yeesh. 
That doesn't sound annoying. Mm-mm. What are you thinking on this mm-hmm. one? Uh, hmm. I'm going to go 36. 36. I will say 42 on that one. Okay. In limited release, we have A Little Chaos, While We're Young, The Riot Club, Man from Reno, Nightlight, White God, which I recommend, 52 Tuesdays, and Serena. Hmm. Kind of a, not a great week. Not no. a great week next week, honestly. This week was a this good week. This week was a really good week. Next week, not not so much. On Video On Demand, we have Dead Rising Watchtower, which mm-hmm. is uh, based on the video game. I'll be checking it out just because I am a fan of the game. Not, uh, I, I do not have very high expectations for this. Well, it's it's premiering on Crackle, so it's free. It's, doesn't, it's not going to cost anyone oh, to check go. it out. Nightlight, The Riot Club. I we well, never mind. I was gonna say something about the Riot Club. I saw a screener for this and I turned it off after like ten minutes, but I might have to I heard I heard that it's it's insufferable. Yeah. I turned it off after ten minutes. Uh apartment trouble, welcome to New York. That's that's stirring up a bit of controversy. Okay. Have you heard about this? So I have yeah, but the the what they recut yeah, it. Yeah, IFC talking about suing. IFC recut it, and then Abel Ferrara's saying that he didn't authorize it, and blah blah blah. Really though, yep. you and I saw the uncut version of that movie, and if they cut a little bit of it out, it's not going to change the story. It's not going to do anything. Yeah, I don't. I the only thing I would be curious to see is what what was actually cut out I, i'm i'm because like you said there's not if it's this i'm i could only assume that it's the sex scenes that they're cutting out probably some of the depredu balls but really you're gonna cut that out i thought that was like the the selling point depredu balls was the sex noise yeah i thought that that was on the tagline of the poster see gerard depredu's balls in Welcome to New York. <laughs> I don't know. And grunting. Yeah, lots grunting. and lots of guttural Snorting, noises. Grunting. Oh yeah, get it. I wasn't a big fan of Welcome to New York. You, you can go back and listen to our review. We reviewed it a while ago on the show. I just I don't really, I don't understand the point no, of that. Stupid. Um, the Barber also comes out. Thank God. That's uh, that's actually playing at theaters around here next week. It's. That doesn't that look very good. Um, DVD and Blu-ray. We have Digging Up the Marrow, which is a, a very, very light recommend. It's a found footage. Well, it's a mockumentary that's not actually that bad. The End of Violence. The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. I'll probably be checking that out it's, at some point just, just because I did force myself to watch the other ones. With Within the time that you said that title, I fell asleep. <laughs> the Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Yep, I took a quick nap, cat nap. Ugh. Into the Woods. Uh, I think we'll have a Blu-ray review of this one up. Song 1. Okay. That's the one with uh, Anne Hathaway. That doesn't look very good. Three Night Stand and Unbroken. Jeez. Mm. So, yeah, not a lot on the DVD front either. Except for two Criterions. All right, what you got? <sighs> 
You want to talk about some documentaries? We got the one that probably started it all, Thin Blue Line, Uh-oh. coming out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Earl, this is all. This is all Earl Moore's we got going on here. We got Thin Blue Line on Blu-ray coming out, which I'm pretty sure that you recommend highly because I know I oh, do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's it, one yeah, of the best documentaries a, ever made. You want to talk about a documentary that shocks you? Just the way that that ending was handled. Oh my goodness, fantastic cinema right there. And then two other documentaries from Earl Morris. We have uh, Gates of Heaven, which is his debut feature about two pet cemeteries in North Northern California mm-hmm. and the people involved with them. Sounds interesting. And then Vernon, Florida from 1981. So you can get yourself three Earl Morris documentaries. I, I'm a big fan. Blue I'm a big fan of Earl Morris. So, And I, I've not seen those other two. And uh, the, the, the Gates of Heaven... Vernon, Florida. That's a that's a dual set. Oh, cool! And then it comes also comes with the twenty eight minute film by Les Blank, uh, Werner Herzog eats his shoe, which is Herzog fulfilling a bet that was intended to that. inspire Morris to. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, you know Herzog eats his shoe. So there you go. Um, I I wanted to mention, but when I was talking about phenomena, that that is getting a re-release. It's getting a Blu-ray re-release on Synapse, and it's getting a 4K transfer too. So it's that's going to be coming out along with I think two other Argento movies. I think Suspiria and uh, uh, I can't remember the other one. There's another one that's that that are coming out I think this year. So keep a lookout for that too. I think chips. I think that that will wrap it up for the day. Send us your questions to podcast.filmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter at FilmPulseNet and at FilmPulseKevin. And be sure to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson, and we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie.